0: Okay this morning let me share from the book of revelations and i think it's very interesting and in one sense when we when we see and when we hear of the lord speaking to the church and i want to stress this morning something that when Jesus was saying that he stood at the door and knocked, that it wasn't at individuals' hearts, but that it was at the church as a whole, which I totally disagree with because the church is made up of individuals and every single thing that God did, he did for individuals. He did for each and every single one of us in the most unique way. And Revelations 2 and verse 17 brings out the depth of that uniqueness. Of course, it's to the church, but there are many members in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and 13 and many members of that body in Ephesians 5:30. So he does speak to the individuals and he was speaking to the individuals. And I do realize that times, there are times in Revelations 3 where that's quoted. Revelations 3 and verse 20, Behold, he... He stands at the door and knocks. And, and many times that's presented as a salvation verse. And in one sense, the Lord is not willing that any should perish in 2 Peter 3, 9. Not willing at all. And that he is in Isaiah 30, verse 18, waiting to be gracious. But he's speaking to a born-again church. And he's speaking to born-again individuals that need to hear his voice to them expressed in a very unique and intimate way. There's no question about that. But I think that also here, what leads up to what we want to speak on this morning, and we and I love your prayer, Mike, because the devil is out today. He does not want others to hear this. He will use anything and everything he can so people don't make it or they can't come or he'll use anything and everything. And I'm saying he's tried that with me. He's tried that with me this morning and he's going to try that with every single individual. Whether they show up or not, whether they are there to hear or not, he's going to do his best. He's going to do his very, very best so that that will not happen. So, but again, I think it's very interesting when we're going to talk about and what we're going to talk about in the book of Revelations and what is going to be going on during that time, during that time of the tribulation. We're going to see, and this, we'll see this, there are seals, There are trumpets, there are twenty-one judgments that that God is through Christ is executing on the earth. I say it's through Christ because we see that in Revelation six verses one and two. The one who is our lamb, our sacrificial lamb, is the lion. And that speaks of tremendous judgment. And it has to do with the earth. And thank God we are not an earthly people. We are a heavenly people. There's no question about that according to the scriptures, specifically in the book of Ephesians and and Colossians, working with that. But when Jesus was speaking, and he does speak in Revelations chapter 2, for instance, in Revelations chapter 2, in verses 7, 11, 17 and 29 and in revelations 3 verses 6 13 and 22 he speaks yes to the church but he speaks to the individuals that make up the church and he says i want you to hear what the spirit says into the church and never has it been more important for us to hear it than it is at this very present hour where we are, the very precursor and the very precipice of where we are in terms of being raptured, many going home, but many that are going home and on their way to doing it, but also I don't think it's very much longer for the rapture to take place and of course only God knows the day or the hour And in Matthew 24 and and verse 36 and scores of other scriptures. He knows it. But the fact of the matter is, He speaks to to the church and he speaks to individuals' hearts. And he starts in Revelation 2, but he also, in 1 through 3, but he says in verse 4, but you know, this one thing I have against you. And it's not somewhat like it says in translations, he has it deeply against them. It's affected him deeply because it affects his deep desire of the depth of his intimacy to fellowship with us based upon what he's already done to his Father and for us and for each individual. But he says, you left your first love. That's speaking to the individual and the church is made up of individuals. And uh, that's what happens when too much so-called theologianism and scholarshipism gets in the way instead of just trusting in the Lord with all our hearts in Proverbs 3, 5, to keep out the, under, the own understanding. And so this is crystal clear in the scriptures here. Very, very crystal clear. But he's speaking to the church. It is in successive periods. Yes, he spoke literally to literal those literal seven Asiatic churches. There's no question about it. But they were settled down in the world. Asia means miry clay. The church stuck in the world. Mired down in the world. In the world system. And so, he speaks to us as individuals. He speaks to us. And he spoke to those seven Asiatic churches and the successive periods of church history, which they do reveal. But in every instance, even up to now, he speaks to the individual. And He is the one that's knocking on the door of our heart. When we leave that first love, there's absolutely no question about that. And don't let theologianism, which is not of God, and scholarshipism, which is not of God, the Holy Spirit, don't let that get in the way or don't let others interpret that to you because they'll rob you of an intimate, personal, individual experience with Christ, all based upon so-called theologianism, and that's what I call it now, and and scholarshipism. And it's an ism, and an ism is not of God. It doesn't have anything to do with the word. It's some kind of an ism or a man-made philosophy under the enemy, Satan. he He is speaking to the church. But I think it's very interesting when we look at that, and when we see the precursor to the rapture, to the rapture going on, the last phase of church history, until that. And then we get into the heaven and the scenes in Revelations 4 and Revelations 5 bring in, bring in the reality of the Spirit of God taking us from the earth to heaven and from heaven to the earth and showing us things which must come to pass. You'll see that in Revelations 4, 1 and 2. We said, I heard a voice saying unto me, come up here, and I come up here, and I will show you things to come. But you have to come. And you have to come with no preconceived ideas or man-made thinking. Then begins the judgment. Now, Revelation 6, chapter 6 through 18 have nothing to do with the church. He's dealing with the earth. He's dealing with the Jews his people. And he's dealing with those nations that are against... The, the, uh, Israel, but truly against God in their hearts. That's a precursor. Here it is, and I'm going to read it. And I read it this morning, and and uh, very blessed by it. In Revelations 3, in verse 14, he says, Now unto the angel, the messenger of the church, of the La- Laodiceans, write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. This is Jesus Christ Himself speaking. He's the beginning of this new creation of God that we are. He said, I know your works. I know your works. He's talking to the church of Laodicea. I know, and this is where we are in church history right now. I know your works. Notice they're their works. They're not the work of Christ being worked in them through submitted will in Philippians 2.12 and 13. No, no. It is their works, the works of the flesh. They're born again. They're in Christ positionally, but experientially it's their flesh. It's some form of legalism that glorifies man has nothing to do with the cross that eliminates all of that in Galatians 6 and verse 14. He said, I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you were either cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, you know, at some point after this morning, maybe we can get into this in detail because it's extremely, extremely, there's an amazing amount of counsel here. But so he said, so then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That speaks of, he cannot fellowship with fleshly works of sin. Positionally, they're his. Experientially, he cannot fellowship with them intimately. That's brought out again. We know what fellowship is in First John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And then it goes right into uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And follow the flow in the epistles of of John and you will see the fullness of the counsel of God that he's made so available to us. And oh, how the enemy doesn't want it to happen. Oh, how he does not want it to happen. Well then I will spew you out of your mouth. There, will some, there are some that will teach you, see, this is a loss of salvation. And we know that based upon John six thirty-seven and 39, and John ten twenty-eight and 29, there's absolutely no way, once you're in Christ, that you ever go out. You can't go out. God would never do that, because in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 14, whatsoever God does, he does forever. Forever born again. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out, I won't do it, and there's no creation and no created being in John 10, 28, and 29 that will ever pry you out of my hands, ever. So this is speaking of an intimate, deep desire of fellowship with individuals that make up the church. Why? I will spew you out of my mouth. Why? Because you say I am rich. And increased with goods, material goods. And have need of nothing. And know not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you. I counsel you to buy of me freely. You'll see that in Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Come and buy without money. You can't put a value on it come and buy without money why do you spend your money on something else why do you spend yourself on something other than my son in your experience born again believers and make this life and material goods to be your possession well boy i wish we i have to do this at, 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 a, at a different time if god has it because you say I'm rich and increased with goods and I don't have a need of anything and you don't know how wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked you are and that nakedness goes right back to the first man in Genesis 3 verse 10 he was naked in his disobedience in a proper and an improper experience and then The Lord Jesus Christ, His pre-incarnate state is the Word, the very voice of God in Genesis 3, verse 8, said to Him in 3.11 of Genesis, Who told you you were naked? Who told you 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 were naked and you needed these other things other than Christ? Whoever told you that? Well, in 1 John 5.20, the truth is, is that Christ is in us and we're in Him. And outside of that, in 5.21 of 1 John, is nothing but idols. Idol worship, worshiping goods, worshiping, bowing down to the bells, bowing down to all this nonsense, bowing down to the job, bowing down to something other than Christ himself. Well, he said that I counsel you to buy of me gold, but you don't know how truly wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked you truly are. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Try my son in you and as you you depend upon him, the holiness of fire purifying your dependence on him. That is true riches in Colossians 2 and verse 3. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 15. In 2 Corinthians uh, 8 and verse 9. Though he was rich himself. And by the way, all the cattle on a thousand hills, all of it is his in Psalm 50 verse 10. Haggai 2 verse 8, all the gold and silver is his. Doesn't matter whose pocket it is in. It's all his. But oh, how the enemy will give it to you to worship and make it an idol. Make worrying, and lack of trust, an idol that we bow down to and worship. Rather and, and every other thing under the sun, every other distraction under the sun, like you tried to do this morning. Well, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be truly rich, because all the riches of wisdom and knowledge and understanding are hidden in my precious Son and Colossians two and verse three. They're hid. That's why you can read Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and find out where we come in verse 3. Because they're all hidden. And God hides himself in Isaiah 45 and verse 5. He hides himself from the pride of men. Because of the hardness of the heart. In Hebrews 12 and verse 15. And when the heart, and that's what blind means, you're hard. You get hard. You get hardened. Through details of life, you get, get hardened so that the word can't penetrate. In Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, those that are humble. And that's why the Almighty has to trouble many And Job 23 and verse 16. And sometimes when God takes away those riches, people, Christians, think that God's troubling them when the enemy's given them those riches so that they become occupied with them, things that they're not going to take with them when they go to be with Jesus forever and all eternity. Well, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment White raiment, of course, we know this in, in Revelations, the third chapter. Look at those first, first five verses all the way down. You can look at it. the white raiment of those robes of righteousness. It is who Christ is, and we put him on. And Revela- in Romans 8 and verse 18 says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time and this pain involved. And oh boy, how the, we're going to see how the enemy wants to medicate that pain. Proper Suffering. Romans 8.18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, righteous ones, are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us and on us. Those, that's the white raiment. That's who Christ has made us to be. So that no longer, when we function in the truth of intimacy and love and going and getting the word and giving that precedence over everything, And I mean everything, over everything. So that the robes that are ours in our position, we can actually experience them. So that the shame of our nakedness, it says here, does not appear. Because the enemy, when Christ isn't your all, when he's not your object, he will bring in some form of shame. shame, And if it means giving you riches and drugs and alcohol and pornography, I don't care what it is, he will give it to you so that he can cause you to have shame and condemn you. When in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ, but in Romans 8, verse 4, there is in the flesh that we are no longer of, in Romans 8, verse 4, in Romans 8, and verse 9. No more. Well, that the shame of your nakedness that's no longer, doesn't appear in your experience. And anoint your eyes with eye-self that you may really see. Some don't want to see. That's why in John 3, 16 to 21, some love darkness rather than light. To the exclusion of everybody else. Everything else and everybody else. That's the potential of the evil that we have that's in the flesh. And the evil that the flesh is far exceeds any of the evil that we've ever even done. Far exceeds it. As many as I love... I rebuke and chasten. This is tremendous love. Because who would deserve God to be using the grace, his love that flows through grace to correct them living in that situation when they don't want a thing to do with God? When they don't want a single thing to do with him. Who deserves it? It's a loving chastisement. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Do an about face. Behold, I stand at the door and knock individuals that make up the church in any successive period from Revelation chapter 2 to 3 all the way through to this present moment. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What's the door? It's the will. It's the will. If any man hear my voice, and that doesn't mean just hearing it, it means submitting to it, and open the door, his will, submitting his will, you see James 4, 6, and 7 here, clearly, and then it e- equals 8. Then you cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Because God resists the proud, but he gives greater grace to those that are humbled. Therefore, on account of this, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then you resist the devil, because it's Christ in between you and the devil. And he will flee from you, instead of keeping you in the bondage of sin, while you worship that, those things, and not Christ in John 8, and verse 34. The slave of sin, being a slave. And don't think he won't give us as much as he can so that he can keep us there. Living in shame, constantly trying to hide it, constantly trying to do away with it, with drugs, alcohol, the, the escape of all kinds of sexual impurity. Trying to escape it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, listen, I will. That's Christ, the fulfilled will of God, John 4, verse 34, who finished the work in John 19, 30. He came in Psalm 47 and 8 to fulfill the will of God because he was the word of God and the word of God is the will of God and the will of God is the word of God. They're never separate. And I will come into him. Boy, that's intimacy in the deepest way. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me, to him that overcomes, will I with my will grant him to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. When Jesus Christ comes to rule and to reign, we will rule and reign with him during the millennial reign for a thousand years and and we will rule and reign. And whether that rule and reign continues or not for all eternity, this one th- thing I do know, that once we're married to the Lord, there's never a separation or a divorce. And that's the most important thing. He that has an ear to hear. With a submitted will. Let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. And boy... I would like to continue on that, but I'm going to continue on this because I believe this is most important. And, but that's the precursor. At that point, then the church is raptured. Many going home to be with the Lord. Prior to that rapture, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, and Revelations 4 and verse 1, yes. There's going to be a rapture. But that's going to be the state Of the church on earth. There will be a few. Revelations 3, 8 and 9. Who have kept his word. And not denied his name. His nature and the work that he's accomplished. They're that. But there's still few. And it's very feeble still. And even though we're weak. Thank God he continues to give us his strength. And that's all of us. But then there's the judgments. And what I want to get to and, and, and skip over to is the fifth trumpet. There's the fifth trumpet here where these things take place. And we're going to see why it takes place. And this goes into these judgments. Can't imagine a thing keeping me from this morning, but anyways. Okay. So by the time we get to that and you can read those verses, you can read it, we're in, in Revelations, the ninth chapter. That's when the fifth we hear the fifth trumpet, the fifth trumpet. Remember, this is not us. we are not on the earth. We are caught up with him while well, all this is going on in six through 18 chapters in revelations. But here we are in the ninth chapter. Here we are in the ninth chapter. And we see all of this, and, and we can see it here, especially written in the Scriptures. And here we have this, these things that are going on. And I want to go through them specifically in, in detail, but there's going to be a lot of things going on, and they are a precursor to what's going on right now, because it even goes right into the, the enemy from the north, Russia just rattling its saber just now with what it's doing in Ukraine, which is going to be used by Satan in a far more deeper way against Israel, the enemy from the north. You'll see that in Ezekiel the 38th chapters and the 39th chapters. Gog and Magog. And all those there are literal cities that are in Russia at this particular point. If you take a magnetic pole, a a magnetic pole, Point and put it from Jerusalem specifically north as straight as you can get it goes right through Moscow right through Russia this is all what's going to be going on here and we're going to see it we, we, we can get into that in detail which I still want to do in the future because in, in verse 19 it goes into that in a very in, unbelievable way but while that is going on and remember we're not here But we see the signs of this right now. That occultism, there will be occultism, demon worship, all kinds of things going on that are really out and manifest during the tribulation period, but we see signs of it right now. We see signs of Russia. We see signs of this occultism everywhere, every single place. And we can get into that. It will be a time of tremendous devil worship during the tribulation period. There will be all kind of occult organizations. And there's a plethora of them right now in operation. But here, far more open. open. Now, goes into all kinds of scriptures. And I want to go into them in detail at a, at a specific time. But also, remember... The enemy from the north, with China, see that in Revelation 16, in verse 12, the enemy, the, uh, the million two million man army coming down through the dried up Euphrates River, that's from the east, it says, from the rising of the sun, that's China, with the 21 Arab nations in the old Roman Empire, and those 10 nations, now together, all coming getting ready and coming against Israel. While all this is going on, all kinds of occultism, demonic worship, demon worship, devil worship, all kinds of murders. We see any signs of that in our day right now? Like never before in cities in America, murder, hatred of authority, breakdown of family. This is a precursor signs to how close the church is to being raptured and the, sec- and the tribulation period prior to the second advent of Christ when we come back with him. But here's the facts. Murder was going to be going on. Murder. Why? I'll tell you why. And this is revealed in the scriptures. Murder. Because what wouldn't a person do to get the drugs that they think they need? It's going to be prevalent during that time. Prevalent. Now listen, we know in John 10, 10a, the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Again, that's individual life. And the abundant life is made up of the church. But it's made up of individuals. But here, there'll be all kinds of murder and violence. Remember, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Now, there was violence during that time in Genesis 6 and verse 11, based upon 6, 5, and eight twenty one. The thought of man with all his desires and plans were only evil continuously. And so we see that very clearly. No man knows the day or the hour in Matthew 24 and verse 36, but we can know in twenty four thirty seven. as it was in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And all of that was going on then. They were marrying, giving in marriage. It was all about money and riches and material things. Mocking Noah, who built an ark, the type of Christ. All of that was going on. And boy, do we see the precursors of it right now. Murder. But then you have drugs. And what do drugs keep you in a state of fornication? Spiritual fornication. And what? Stealing. Stealing. The thief comes to murder, to steal, kill and destroy. Stealing. Drugs, fornication and stealing with murder. The fi- these final three sins here, drugs, fornication and stealing, are prevalent during the end time. And they are interrelated. They're interrelated and have to do with sorceries. We're going to see this morning what that is. Sorceries is drug abuse, fornication, which is the practice of every conceivable sex sin. Do we see that today? Like never before. And theft. These sins indicate that bodies are being sold through prostitution. Do we see that today? And burglaries are being committed in order to support that drug habit, that drug kick. Listen, this, this day, the day of Christ coming back in his second advent is dawning. Now, the signs are pointing to the second advent. How close are we? To the rapture how close are we our time as the church upon the earth with many that i believe and, and have studied over the years is about to end and we must prepare be prepared to meet god there's no shame that he has towards us in hebrews 2:11, 11 but he doesn't want any shame in us in second timothy 1 12, And there won't be when we take the form of sound words which have to do with our image in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13. That day is coming. Amos 4.12 says, Because I will do these things which speak of judgment, prepare to meet your God. Now we meet him thankfully, not as a judge, but as a loving Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to get to this. There are a number of words used in the Bible to describe the subject of sorcery. There are at least 27 references to sorcery, sorceries, sorcerers, witches, witchcraft, and the art of bewitching. Remember what Paul said to the Galatians? Who has bewitched you? Who has cast you under a spell? What do you think drugs do? Who has cast you under a spell that you should no longer obey him? Submit to his love and make something other than his love the thing that we go after, or any of us, God forbid. Of these five, at least five of those 27 at least five in the New Testament are really brought out. Really brought out. Because they have a direct bearing on the day in which we live. Right now. The day in which we live. It is a present day of drugs and drug addiction. That's what it is. Crystal clear. Very clear in the Scriptures. Now, In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, in the book of Acts, the term sorcery always means witchcraft or magic. Yes, that's right. I don't need to be entertained, go to Las Vegas, and and be entertained by the next magician who uses the deceit because so-called hands are quicker than the eye. That's the enemy, obviously which i have not which we should have nothing to do with that nonsense by the way and one should note that the practice that practice of those things witchcraft and and, and magic is continually and constantly condemned in the scriptures five occurrences of the word sorcery in the new testament however have to do with drug addiction in these instances, the original Greek word is pharmakia. Pharmakia, p h a r m a k e i a. Pharmakia. It's where we get our English word pharmacy or drug store. Drug store. The literal meaning of the Greek is pharmakia is enchantment are coming under the spell through drugs or to get high on or to get a kick, so-called, of drugs. That's why it's it's impossible when you go further into these things like homosexuality, lesbianism, drug addiction, it's almost impossible, almost, to come out of them fully because there's so People are so under the spell and control of the enemy. Medications prescribed by doctors righteously and rightly so, rightly so, because those can be just as abused and are by multitudes, unfortunately, of even Christians. They are used as an excuse and can be used to detriment. Well, I do believe some are of God, but there's a reason Jesus said in John and in, in the Word in, in Genesis 1 29, the, the The healing thing that God has given us is seed bearing fruit, that's what He's given us to heal us. Now, there's other times when there's things that are needed in the right hands coming from right people from right doctors who don't have money in mind but have the healing of the person. Because we know that multitudes of doctors are paid all kinds of money to push drugs that I believe even some know are hurtful but they they, they want that money because they have an inordinate affection attached to them by the enemy about money and that's brought out Then they pierce themselves through with many sorrows I've seen that with a young man that was here and in another area at this present time, so interested in money, in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. I will tell you clearly that is his big problem. That's a problem for him. That's why we have these problems. That's why he has, though. And that's why any of us would, by the way. But I'm speaking in love to a specific individual that I love very deeply that has had time here and is in another location presently. Now, the literal rendering of this verse in in Revelations 9 and verse 21 then is this. Listen to this. Is that men, like today, men and women, repent not of their enchantment with drugs especially during the tribulation period. But do we not see signs of it even now with those that are our family and those that are our loved ones? They will give up anything and everybody to keep their drug addiction going. That's why it says in 1 John 3 and verse 18, don't love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Stop saying, Stop saying you love because it's hypocritical. In Revelation Romans twelve and verse nine, stop pretending that you love God and you that you love yourself and that you love God and that you love your children. Stop pretending you don't. You you only you don't even love yourself. You lust after these things for self self-occupation and it's called self-preservation and the enemy will give you just as much much drugs as he knows so he can hopefully end you. Because a lot of it, a lot of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pornography, is the enemy trying to get even Christians to commit suicide. Which is the height of pride. They repent not of their enchantment with drugs. They just don't. Now, we have to consider this in the light of these scriptures in the light of the context. The present world system and its condition is foretold in prophetic scriptures. That's number one. Two, the inevitable result of drug addiction. Three, the certain and definite judgment upon the drug pushers as well. Four, the drug victim. And finally, the, appra- the appraisal of this terrible sin in the sight of God Almighty. And you think you can hide it? And I think, we, you think we can hide anything from God in Psalm 90, verse 8? Our secret, the secret sin is the light of his countenance. We may think we're, we can kid others and kid ourselves. You're not kidding God in your own reality. When you're on your bed at night and it's just you and him hopefully for and hopefully with me and with you there'll be tremendous tremendous loving conviction in first corinthians 11 31 and 32 so you don't live in the shame and condemnation of the judgment of the world but have a godly sorrow in second corinthians 7 10 a godly sorrow that never gives regret but worldly sorrow constant regret of shame and condemnation in the experience which is not a true christian experience for those that are in christ now we have seen this, that the dawning of the day of drugs and the spread of drug use throughout all levels of society is prevalent. Listen, right now, right now, right now. What do you think keeps people from doing things? What do you think keeps pain keep going, even the effects of these drugs? That's why pain, pain, predominantly, predominantly it's not even organic. It's psychosomatic. It's the soul transferring to the body. You get in Proverbs, the fourth chapter. You, you, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep, you know, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 23, verse 7 as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. Any of us? Such a widespread use of drugs cannot help but bring its own destruction that the enemy desires to do. Amid all the trips, so-called trips and that what is a trip, I need to escape. I want to get away with things that are inside of me that I can't deal with. I want to escape them. I want to go on a trip. Or all it is, is so-called mind expansion. That's all, pro- that's all philosophy is, by the way. Like Plato and these other ones, they mix philosophy with the word of God. Telling you that you can use the word to escape when God wants to deal with issues of the flesh. No wonder it says in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. The greater the decrease, the greater the increase of the intimacy and love of God and the protection. Love always speaks of protection. That mind expansion propaganda, it's live and well today. And so we think this, the enemy tries to convince people. Yeah, you can go on a trip here. I'll give you this to get it, to escape it. I'll expand your mind with all these other things. You can be occupied with other than Christ. You you can have that. But let me ask you, and God would ask us: Are we even ever more efficient before or even after when we experimented with drugs? What was the experience like? And it's not just—it's alcohol too. Pornography is a drug. Why do you think it says in Ephesians 5 and verse 18, be not drunk with wine? That means coming under the spell of the atmosphere, whatever it is. Could be retail therapy, so-called. Could be that. You wonder why truth can't penetrate certain, certain Christians and why? Because they're too occupied with drugs and being under the spell of the atmosphere. They don't want to hear that. And neither do we when we function in the flesh, but thank God that's not who we are, but he constantly has to separate the two in Hebrews 4, verse 12. Separate the soul from the spirit. What is it? Well, that experimentation with drugs is just a steady downward retrogression that's leading to judgment. Judgment. Which is prevalent during the tribulation period. Now, all our sins in Christ have been dealt with. But can I function in them experientially? Can I? Will God judge me? No, He'll lovingly chastise me. There's discipline. The spanking, the scourging, and then there's God taking people home. You'll see that in Psalm 118, verses 17 and 18. David said, The Lord has chastened me sore, but he hasn't taken me home. I will die. I will not die, but live. Being robbed of a proper experience on earth, and God, even in his mercy, his grace and his love, unconditional too, will take believers years ahead, home, years ahead of when they, they could have been. Use mightily, blessed experientially, but used mightily with him. Well, again, the terrible consequences is brought out of mankind's enchantment with drugs. And what are we presently witnessing right now, even in our country worldwide, but in our country, in our neighborhoods, is only the beginning of the coming disintegration of society, breaking down families. You don't think the enemies use that? Murder, drugs, fornication, and stealing to break down the family. Because what is the church made up of? What's so dear to God's heart, to Christ's heart, is families. We'll get more into about how Satan's kingdom is divided. Meaning, him and his insanity is even divided against himself. Well, that'll be brought out in the future. It's only a precursor of what's going to happen in the tribulation period. Now, Revelations 18.23 says this, for by your sorceries were all nations deceived. The Greek word for sorceries here, the Greek word for sorceries is pharmakia. Drugs. Alcohol is a drug. One used them properly. And drugs that, that can be used properly can be used improperly. The flesh that give them and the flesh that receive them. And I don't care if they are over the counter. When, when your need for Christ, which has been fulfilled, the, when you don't rely on that, you rely on these drugs. Some form of them. And we know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, that's what it says, pharmakia. By, by their enchantment with drugs, or getting high on drugs, or all nations deceived. This is the result of mankind's first mass usage of drugs. Then there's a change now. There's a change in these verses, and we're going to see this. There's a change in the next occurrence of the word translated sorcerers. The change reveals a class of people who are doomed and is found, in Revelation 21 and verse 8. Now, here's what's going on during the tribulation period. And we see a precursor of this now, right in our country now, worldwide, but in our country and even in our neighborhoods. What is it? But the fearful, unbelieving, why are they fearful? They're unbelieving. In most cases, not that they don't know, but refuse to be, refuse to submit. Because men love darkness rather than light men and women, they may pretend with words of love, but their character, their behavior, reveals the reality. You see that again in John 3, 16-21. Men love darkness rather than the light, and they don't want to come. Why do certain people not come to hear the word? They can declare it to you all day, but they won't come and hear it. Why? Because there's areas in the life that they love in darkness more than light. Darkness hides it. Darkness covers it and keeps them in bondage. Unbelieving, abominable, murderers, whoremongers is pornography and every other sexual illicit ridiculous thing. The marriage bed in Hebrews 13 verse 4 is undefiled. It's holy and undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, adulterers really, God will judge. And he will will discipline his children. Sorcerers. There's the next one. Sorcerers. Idolaters and all liars. Where do all these things come from? The father of all lies in John 8 verse 44 who makes us fearful, unbelieving when we don't submit our will, abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and liars. They all have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Don't listen to what the Universalists say. It's eternal lake of fire. Just as much as the same word is used of my eternal salvation. The Greek word for sorcerers in this text is pharmakaios. There's drugs and then there's the pharmakaios, those that push the drugs. Whereas the word pharmakia, enchantment with drugs, pharmakaios means the enchanter with the drugs, the pusher or seller of them. Now listen, do not allow the enemy to condemn you. If this was a part Of our past. Because God doesn't judge us for the past. He sees us in Christ. I want to make that crystal clear. Crystal clear. That's crystal clear. We're not our sin. Thank God, Romans 7.17 and Romans 7.20. It's no longer I that even do some of these things that we go back to. But still, that sin nature, trying to manifest itself through the flesh in an improper experience, and a bad image. One that's a lie and not the truth text brings it out clearly that one of these groups in revelations 21 verse 8 are enchanters or pusher of drugs what a warning to have to do with that soul damning drug traffic of the present hour unbelievable now in revelations 22 verse 15 which i'm reading from there is another reference to sorcerers in the bible And it says this, for without our dogs. Do you remember what Jesus said on the cross? You can see it in in Psalm the 22nd chapter. The dogs encompassed him on Calvary. They were yelling at him, cursing him, mocking him. People under the influence and under the spell of the enemy. This is brought out, and I'll read it here as we begin to close this morning, but I'll read it here. In, in Psalm 22, in Psalm 22 here, in verse 16 it says, For dogs have encompassed me. Who are they? They are the assembly of the wicked. They have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and feet. 22.15 of Revelations. For without are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolatries, and whosoever loves, listen to this, and makes a lie. You need drugs. Lie. You need to be on them continually and have them stacked everywhere. Lie. 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 Because how you think affects your soul. And the people, Christians, were taught the right way, but they won't. Because the pride of the enemy has them their will fastened to his will. And we see that. And in his will, he, he causes them, through their will being submitted to him, you see this in 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26, he causes them to oppose themselves when God is for them, in Romans 8, verse 31, in Psalm 56, in verse 9. Yep. That's who they are, the pushers of those drugs. A lie. Here again, that word is pharma-chaos. Those that push them on people. Why do you suppose they do that? First Timothy 6.10 The love of money, the ineffection ordinance attached with money is the root of all evil. Unfortunately, that enters into the medical field. It enters into the drugs. And it enters into the insurance companies in a very vast way. And and so, but it includes both the drug pusher and user. Now, if those were past sins and we received Christ, they're dealt with. Can we go back to them? Experientially, yes. That's what God will implement, will give us right teaching. And then when the will hasn't turned, he will use the backsliding to correct them. In Jeremiah 2 and verse 19. And that can be one horrible road. A horrible road. And we can see it. There is only one place to which they can go. That don't receive Christ and function in these. It's the place of listen. Eternal separation. Do not listen to the universalists, Who get into trying to be theologians and scholars apart from the will of God, the word of God, and they privately interpret the scriptures under the spell of the atmosphere, and that's based upon 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. The place of eternal separation from the presence of God. You cannot, as a believer, constantly live in these things, constantly, constantly, constantly. And I'm not saying I know who's born again or not. But boy, oh boy, that's something we, I don't think we even want to play around with, and we need to get in prayer for others. The Bible is explicit in stating that there's no place in heaven for those who refuse to repent of their sins. They refuse it to the hurt of who cares. They could care less, all the while they say they love. All the while they say they have peace, peace when there is no peace. Jeremiah six thirteen eight eleven. They say peace, peace, when there is no peace, because Christ is our peace. Ephesians two and verse fourteen. And has He entered into the experience through the intimacy of His love? They refuse to repent of their sins. So twenty two fifteen. As we close here, chapter twenty two and verse fifteen. Sorcerers, drug pushers, and users occupy. Second place, immediately following the term which describes outlaws and wild dogs. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. Hates it. Finally, we see it in Galatians 5, 19 and 21. All of this as opposed to the fruit of the Spirit in a proper experience in Galatians 5, and 23. But here, here I will read these particular verses here. And we will close. Galatians 5:19 to 21, in opposition to 5:22 and 23. Now the works of what, the flesh, is the flesh still in us, regardless of what some would teach of one naturism and the exchange life. The flesh is in us. you see it in Romans eight verse nine in the most beautiful verses right there in eight, four and nine. I don't know how you deny that. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, and here's this word, folks, witchcraft, pharmakia, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, enviance, murders, murders, drunkenness, revellings, partying, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in past time, that they which continually practice and continually do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't say it, the Bible says it. The word witchcraft in our English Bible here, again, is the Greek word pharmakia, coming under the spell of the demons. Do you ever wonder why in translations it it says that man had a devil even though it wasn't the devil himself? Well, because they function under him. All the demons don't function in who they were created to be that Christ did in his pre-incarnate state. So they just emulate their father. Pharmakia. We can also see this sin in in number 6 in this listing of these 17 kinds of sinners, listen, who, who will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God on a continual practice. The drug user and the drug pusher in continual practice, without receiving Christ, without that, without truly receiving him, end up in the lake of fire. The believer that goes back to these things in continual practice Ultimately, and God is not willing that any should perish. He wants to bless us, but he will take them home early in his love. We can see that crystal clear in the scriptures. So again, we see this in 1 John 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In 1 John 3, verse 8. And it's by the cross of Jesus Christ that he has broken Satan's grip positionally on us. But now the enemy can't touch the position, so he goes after the experience with that lying grip that you need something other than Christ. Now, thank God, thank God that we are free from the shackles of sin and death. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what we have in you this morning. Thank you so much for your love. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.